I got kids now. And so, in some ways, my life is now on the other side of the law. There was this big gap between me being on the perpetrator's side and me now being on the police side of the law. My kids do things that I did when I was younger, and I am now watching them. And I'm having this sense memory of being them at the same time, of falling into the same traps as they fall into. I remember once that I had gotten this werewolf, full werewolf mask, and I lost it. And I looked for hours for this mask, but it was gone. And I really wanted to replace it. I remember it cost about $20. So I took $20 out of my mom's wallet. I went to the bushes. I didn't even go far. I went to the bushes right out the side door. I tossed the 20 on the ground. I went back in the house, waited a respectable minute or two, and then came out of the house, found the 20 I put there, and brought it to my mom and said, I just found $20 outside. Now we can go replace the werewolf mask that I lost thus connecting two dots that were just so very close to one another. And I do remember that we did, and we got that mask. I can still see the mask in the window. And I remember the whole time basically feeling that my mother knew how really improbable this was. And she was not happy. And she was pretending it just slightly that she didn't know what was going on. And I was pretending just slightly that I didn't see that she knew what was actually going on and was just slightly pretending not to. But this was not my biggest exploit. My bigger exploit happened probably the same year where I was entrusted with 20 boxes of essentially what I would call fiddle-faddle, popcorn toffee with nuts. It was for the baseball team, so fundraiser. I was not the kind of kid you wanted to give 20 boxes of fiddle-faddle to. I'm the kind of kid you should have said, Go to your mom's wallet, get a 20, throw it in the bushes next to the house, find it, and then donate that to the baseball team. I must have moved through at least half of those boxes. There was essentially like money missing now. It was in my stomach. I did what any good American boy would do. I went to my mom. And I explained to her that I had been mugged as I had moved around the neighborhood door to door trying to sell these boxes of fiddle-faddle that a thief or thieves had set upon me. I do have to admit that with my mom I met with some skepticism. She wanted details and somehow my siblings appeared upon the scene. And my oldest sibling, my brother, 
was somewhere between belief and disbelief. My sister, the middle child, more believing in me than not believing in me. But my mom, of course, not believing the story whatsoever and wanting details. Where did this happen? Well, I was looking out the bay window of my mom's bedroom, down to the corner, so that seemed like a good place for this kind of robbery to take place. And then I think my brother chimed in and asked, was there a description of the assailant? I did describe two kids from the neighborhood and had names. Of course, just trying to survive minute to minute through this fiddle-faddle disaster. And then my mom quite wisely said, well, let's get your stuff. We know where they live. Let's go talk to their parents about this robbery. Now that was pretty much the end of it. I remember backpedaling furiously. And I think my mom and her compassion kept me on the hook just ever so briefly. And then let me backpedal out of the room and out of the conversation. And then later came into my room, probably unearthed some empty boxes of fiddle-faddle. And we had a conversation about lying and bearing false witness. And now I am in the position of being the police. And now my beautiful daughter, Harper, when she practices deceit, which is almost never, it is so obvious to me. And I'm filled with such love for her. So the second one I think you might remember is that I was doing a fundraiser for my baseball team or something. And the fundraiser was to sell boxes of basically fiddle-faddle, like toffee, popcorn, and nuts. And I probably got 20 boxes of these. Oh, I remember the 20 boxes, yes. Yeah, and do you remember what I did? No. I mean, I I ate a lot of them, basically. Oh, yeah, I do remember that, yes. Now, do you remember what I did, having realized that? No, I don't. I went to you and told you I'd been mugged. (laughs) And you basically started kind of grilling me for details. Yeah. And uh, it got to the point where I, I named names. You know, like, oh, acts, yeah, I named names. But then you were said, okay, well, let's get your stuff because we're going to go talk to the, the parents of these kids. <laughs> okay. Well, I was certainly bluffing about talking to the parents because... Yeah, I should have I, I called that bluff. <laughs> I might have, if you, if, if it, I would have probably walked you over there and you would have given up on the way. That's, that's probably right. Like if I said, okay, let's talk to him, you would have gotten pretty close to the house. Whenever you did something that you, that I knew was that you would, you're not telling me the truth about or, or weren't being open about, we would have a conversation. I would have Reginald on my lap and you would talk to him mm-hmm. and you would con- you had confessed to him what you did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it happened over and over again, really. Reginald was, the minute something um, was amiss, Reginald came out and, and uh, solved the problem. 
And that, my friends, is it. The first hour of Barbarian in the Valley is done. You have survived. Maybe a little wounded. Maybe a little blood coming out the nose, the ears. But we're coming up out of it now. Leave that valley behind. Come with me, follow me, follow me up the mountain. We're going back home. Now don't forget that you can always visit me anytime this week at www.barbarianinthevalley.com. If you're feeling generous and you want to sustain the barbarian in question, then we have our account on Patreon, Barbarian in the Valley. I am your companion. And you are listening to Barbarian in the Valley.